Brew Strong is brought to you by Blickman Engineering, home of the top-tier brewing stand. Visit them online at BlickmanEngineering.com. Time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think. Jamil Zainashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Greetings, Cretans. Ah, all, all the Cretans are gathered around the old Victrola. Yeah, you got quite a crowd there tonight. <laughs> Radio City Music Hall or whatever. That <laughs> Radio Free America <clears throat> and the Brain Network. Yeah, I was going to say, it wouldn't be exactly be Radio City Music Hall, although right. I'm sure JB, JP could you know, JP. do his best to oblige us. Are we both like... Staggering over our words. Yes. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. And what's really says, I'm staggering over a cup of Earl Grey. So. A cup of Earl Grey? Oh, I'm drinking <laughs> Irish breakfast. <laughs> I, I am drinking some Drake's 1500. So. Ooh. Well, that sounds I don't better. know which, which one of us is, you know, manned up here. <laughs> but I'd say, you know, without saying it, I'd say it's me. Ah uh, yes, I I I, I won't. Sec, um, yeah, you know. <laughs> I was I was I hanging with the, you. There we I go. I was That's hanging the with the uh, the Drake's guys uh, and, and you know Brian, especially at the uh, the Shack Fest in Sacramento uh, last weekend. Sounds like a good place. It's Shack, actually it's, Shack yeah, Fest. Yeah, it's it's actually really good. It's um, the place called the Shack, and then they do this once a year beer festival it's in their like parking lot and in the building and out in the bushes and they only have like five or six breweries but um you know they're very careful about the breweries they pick and really really very cool and got to hang, hang out with uh brian and they had <coughs> their thea uh, t-h-e-i-a it's a like a sour barrel aged beer like uh Sounds good around 10 percent and uh I've I've had it before and I wasn't a fan. I had it this year and I tell you, just freaking outstanding. It was awesome. I'm really blown away. What what kind it. of sour was it? It's like a Belgian blonde thing with uh, you know, it's kind of uh it's 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 funky, but almost okay. like a clean funky. So a sour Lactic. And, uh, you know, lactic, and, you know, it was just, you know, it's got some oak to it. and huh. Sounds really real good. good. Yeah. How much did you bring back for me? Um, unfortunately, I was I brought a lot. Yeah? and then, oh, Where is it? I'd love to... Well, unfortunately, I, I urinated all of it out at, by mean? this point. What do you mean? I was trying to carry it all in my stomach for you. And, you know, I thought I'd get back. It'd be like the baby bird thing we've done before. I'd yeah. regurgitate it into you, and, right, you'd, right. you know, you'd enjoy that. I did get my bib and my aprons back right. from the dry cleaners. You know, and um, I, it was just too long. I ended up, you know, it was too long between shows. I ended up urinating it all out. Damn. Oh, well. You know, it's the thought that Thanks counts. I thought about holding on to urine for you, you know, catching that in a you know, container for you, and, you know, <laughs> you could get the essence. But, uh, you know. <laughs> so there. I think we're those cricket I think, sounds. I think we totally lost Palmer here. <laughs> and when you find well, I, I drank a lot of sours this past weekend too. Yeah, yeah. I was at the uh, Michigan uh, Homebrew at the Web competition. Oh, huh. And uh, they had over a thousand entries. Wow. And yeah, That's it was. Crazy. Um, we judged two flights Friday, two flights Saturday, 
um, and then uh, one Sunday before we got everything finished, and I did I did Sours Sunday morning, and then did Best of Show after that. Wow, yeah. it was really good comp. We had a we had a had a real outstanding Flanders Red. Mm-hmm. I forget the gentleman's name that brewed it right now, but uh, that, that took Best of Show, and uh, we had two Flanders going into Best of Show actually. Mm. Yeah. Nice. I don't suppose you saw our, our good friends, the Hudicek brothers, out there, did you? Oh, man. No, missed them this time. Actually, no, come to the uh, two two Flanders going into the mini best for Sours, and then the winner of that went on to best of, best of show, of course. But, you know, there's right. a lot of other uh, folks from Michigan that we know. Um, let's see, Bob and Jeff. And, yeah, I gotta, uh, oh, yeah, Bob. Tom and yeah, Steve. Yeah. yeah, all those guys. They Aaron were all and, and Oh, you Frank. know, oh, Bob down there on the road. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's too bad you missed oh, it. Yeah. You know, no, that's not Steve. That's De- that's Stephen. Oh. <laughs> uh, yep. Well, and speaking of Stephen, our good friend uh, John Blickman, <laughs> the weakest John. transition I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Blickman uh, seems like a pretty Midwest name, doesn't it? He's he's a pretty Midwest guy. Yeah. Well, there and you by go. that I mean you know hardworking, kind, the heartbeat of America, generous. Uh, you know. Good sense of humor, mm-hmm. uh, creative, pale, pale. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> All you Midwest folks, you tend to be very pale. <laughs> well, they don't see the sun. A little bit pasty. No, uh, yeah, he's uh, a good guy, and uh, <clears throat> he's been sponsoring this show since uh, way early on, and uh, helps helps bring this show to you without uh, charge. So, if you get a chance, check out BlickmanEngineering dot com. Blickman with two ends engineering.com and uh, uh, they got all sorts of neat stuff I'm guessing don't really know but I'm guessing that it'll have something neat and cool to show at the uh, at the homebrewers conference in Seattle this year so uh, you know, go check them out and, and they'll post that uh, that sounds like to the website insider information I think you're teasing us Could I be. really Could actually be. don't know anything but people think I do and that's why I get paid the big bucks so <laughs> Yeah, check him out. BlickmanEngineering dot com. A uh, wonderful guy, and, and like I said, uh, you know, very Midwest, and I mean that in 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 the most complimentary way. So uh, go check him out. BlickmanEngineering dot com. They they sponsor the show. They pay for it, so you don't have to. So uh, uh, show them a little love. All right. So today is going to be a live Q and A show. You guys, you know the. We think, oh, yeah, we should do more topics, and then I get people going, hey, do more Q&A shows. I love the Q&A shows. Yeah, yeah it's not uh, like we haven't uh, had a flood of Q&A hit the email box lately. Right, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, a thousand questions behind, so we got to catch up at some point. I keep looking yeah. at them like, well, we're not doing Q&A shows fast enough to keep up with the the influx of questions. But uh, still, if you got questions for, for Bruce Strong, for, for John and myself and JP, then... Uh, yeah, you send them to Bruce Strong at thebrewingnetwork.com, and uh, we'll get those. You won't get uh, anything but a canned response at that point. But if you format your question nicely, where yes. you know you don't ramble on and long run on, and then my dog died, you know, you just keep it to one question per email. Uh, please, please, know. that's the key. If you right. want it answered, right? Know. When you have like four questions, it really kind of screws us up. Just one question per email, unless they're intimately really uh, related. You know, you know. details are, are good. But um, my favorite know, emails details, uh, you know, that also address the subject of the email. My favorite are the ones where you know it's going to be a long. Uh, here's a, first, some background is in order. No, background is never in order <laughs> at, at all. Uh, you know, I started brewing at the ripe age of yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, and then I do this, and then, but then my real question is: when I put my shoes on, should it be left foot first or right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Don't tell me your history of walking when you want to know how to drive. Generally, if you are uh, right-handed, yeah. you put the right shoe on first. I do left all the time. Well, are you right-handed or yeah. left-handed? I'm right-handed. That's a mistake. You know, I've always wondered, now, if you take your you, socks off at you, the gym you, you put, and then take a shower and then you get <laughs> dressed again, Do what are the odds that you're going to put your socks back on the same feet? If you 50/50. label them appropriately, you will. Or if you look at the curvature of the sock, you will. Yeah. You know, they so, tend to have a memory. Yeah. Come on. Now, 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 hold on. Now, yeah. you put the right shoe on first because should 
some attacker come at you while you are only one shoe on. Right. You want that power leg, your stronger leg, to have the shoe on it, bettering your chance of escape. See, already, already when you talk about putting your right shoe on first, my OCD kind of kicks in, and Uh I got a little sweaty. Yeah. Like, I don't like it. I want, I put my left shoe on first, my left sock on first. In fact, I will take my left off first as well as put it on Uh first. Well, I'm That's just, just I'm just telling you why why you, why you want to do the right right you first. You turn yourself now, around. That's now, what's all I think about. I think the thing to to solve for you here yeah. is why you're not left-handed. You should make yourself left-handed then everything would fit. No, I don't now, want to be the devil's child. Now, see, I, I used to teach diving all the time. And one of the things I taught to people all the time, I see them struggling time and time again, yeah. putting on these thick wetsuit gloves when you dive, dive in cold water, right? right. They put these thick gloves on. And these people would put their left glove on first with their nice, strong right hand, Mm -hmm. and then they couldn't get their right-hand glove on because the right hand's slightly bigger, their left hand is weaker, and it's already in a glove, making it difficult to, you know, grip onto things, right? Okay. And so when you're right-handed and you go and dive and you put it on gloves or cold water, you put the right glove on first because your right hand's stronger, and then you put your left glove on. It's the same thing with your shoes. You can't, can't ask me questions on this show that I won't answer. I, can't I mean, do I'm gonna it. I'm gonna answer these questions. Well, that's, that's the thing. Look, if I'm if I've got an answer for everything. Look, then you and I should be in a shoe putting on contest, and I will win. <laughs> right, but if you're interrupted halfway through, but then I, ha- maybe I have a handgun the, for that. The, I don't need that. The I don't attacker need that. comes. I don't need it. I'm just saying, you're better off with the right one on. And see, all the listeners know I'm right. Go I, go check the chat room. They know I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> no, right handed. Uh, left shoe first for me, Boston Brewman. There he is, right there. But then you have to listen to someone who lives on the East Coast, so mm-hmm. you know they don't know that much. Right, exactly. All right. And then now it's like, why are we talking about gloves? Now it's a whole thing. Well, now it's, now it's time for our first break. Should we do a teaser question? <sighs> or just go right in the break and say, forget about it. Tease the question. When we come back from the break, we'll answer it. Can you um, handle all that at once? Sure. When we come back, we're going to hear from Mr. Glenn Swift in New Zealand, who wants to know, uh, where is his money better spent, on all grain with dry yeast or extract with liquid yeast? That's an excellent question. It's pretty good, huh? Yeah. Back Back after this. When you hear Blickman Engineering, think innovation, passion, quality, and customer service. Blickman Gear is designed by brewers to give you a sense of pride in your equipment. At Blickman, they know what makes brewing a pain and build gear that makes it fun. Like the intuitive beer gun, a completely different approach to filling bottles. The Therminator Wart Chiller, a new take on a plate chiller that's sized for flow, performance, and the high groundwater temps homebrewers face every day. The Brewmometer, a brilliant weldless thermometer design with brewing parameters right on the dial. The Auto Sparge, ultimate simplicity for preventing an overflow or running your mash tun dry. And much more, like the modular top-tier brewing stand, conical fermenters, and their boiler maker brew pots. With more cutting-edge equipment coming soon, keep up with the latest from Blickman at BlickmanEngineering.com and stay on the cutting edge. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmaster's database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmaster's Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmaster's Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. A heretic is anyone who does not conform to an established attitude, doctrine, or principle. If you love craft beer, you're already a heretic. 
the very first thing we did when we started looking at the beers that we would brew, we got rid of all those recipes. We started from scratch. We've been pilot brewing the most creative things that we think of and the most interesting things. We've completely gone away from style. Heretic Brewing Company is opening this spring in Pittsburgh, California, and you can be a part of it. Visit hereticbrewing.com and facebook.com slash hereticbrew. Get the latest updates on the brewery and upcoming beers. Show everyone how you celebrate great beer as a heretic. It's a fairly powerful word. Being a heretic, that means you're not settling for ordinary beer. You are going with flavorful, creative, bold, interesting beers. A heretic is looking for the best beers out there. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer. Have you ever dreamed about attending the World Brewing Academy? This year, thanks to Lalamond and Danstar, one lucky brewer will make that dream a reality for free. Lalamond and Danstar invite you to enter the Beer School 2012 contest. One lucky grand prize winner will receive fully paid tuition in the 2012 World Brewing Academy web-based concise course in brewing technology worth more than $3,000. From now until April 12, 2012, every Danstar yeast package you use is your ticket to enter. Visit danstaryeast.com for the details and to print your official entry form. There's no limit on the number of times you can enter, so get brewing with Danstar and get your entries in to the Danstar 2012 Beer School Contest. Whether you want to build your home brewing skills or build a career as a professional brewer, this course will change the way you think of beer and brewing. Enter at danstaryeast.com and get the dry yeast advantage with Danstar and Lalamond Premium Brewing Yeast and enter to win. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, More Beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. Morebeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. Morebeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to morebeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to morebeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Back to the two guys that know how to turn beer into beer. This is Brew Strong. Woohoo! We're back. And we're joined in the studio by the, the rest of the fine Heretic uh, Brewing crew. At uh, Chris Kennedy and Warren Billups here to join us to answer your, your fine questions about... Uh, <laughs> and, and and whatnot. Say hi, guys. Uh, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Well, not, you know, push the button. Screw you, Warren. Here, you grab that mic, then. I don't know what's no, going on. No, we, can, we can't hear you. Warren's not that now. interesting, anyway. Yeah, he's more of a troublemaker. Yeah. Keep him know. around, anyways. Sorry, Warren. Just... Grab that mic. And All right. Mind. Can you hear me? So now? the first question from uh, New Zealand. Yes, sir. So this says, "Hello." I thought this was a, actually. I thought this was a great question. It's a good question. Hello, guys. I'm a recent listener to Bruce Strong on podcast. Great information and live in New Zealand. Sorry, uh, it's quite hard and expensive to get the liquid yeast, and I'm going to go out onto full boil extract and all grain brewing. Could you tell me where is my money better spent on all grain using dry yeast? Or brewing extract with liquid yeast, or is there a, an, an, another way? Or do liquid yeast make that much difference? Many thanks for any advice given, Glenn. You know, I think it's a really interesting question because, um, you know, so many people go, they jump in all grain, and they think that's going to, you know, make, make great beer, and then they don't pay enough attention to fermentation, and they make crappy beer. Right. 
And um, so I've always, you know, railed against that and said, look, you know, you should, you know, focus on fermentation, fermentation temperatures, you know, sanitation, things like that. Forward boil, all that is, is going to be much more valuable to you than going all grain. The thing that he's thrown a thrown a, a bit of a uh, twist to it. Twist to it. <clears throat> Very good. Thank you. Because um, I, I don't know what I was going to say, but twist is a good good way to, to describe it. Is you know he's talking dry yeast versus liquid yeast. Now I think you can make an awfully good beer with dry yeast. Right. I think it limits you, however, in the kinds of beers you can make. Just like um, all grain gives you more capability to make a, a wider variety of beers than doing, you know, uh, just a, a canned kit that's already got all the, the character grains in it, or even extract and steeping grains limit you somewhat than all grain. However, I think you can, and I think I've done this, you take the uh, the pre-hopped, pre-malt character kit, you know, the kit in kilo cans, you just don't use the kilo of sugar, you use a kilo of uh, DME, dried malt extract, instead. And then, with great fermentation, you can make a great beer out of that. So, and again, I, I wouldn't necessarily limit it to, you know, dry yeast, liquid yeast, but... In the the one that I did, I I used liquid yeast because I wanted a certain English yeast character, and it made all the difference, and really was a great beer that way. So, liquid versus dry, you know, you can if you want to make just clean American, you know, ales. I think you can USO five, and you you'd be all right. You also have to look at your uh, options would- too. Right with your because I mean New Zealand I I don't know what the the homebrew market in New Zealand's like but how fresh can you get your liquid yeasts? That was going to be my right. point. Is the I think freshness is the overall key to making this decision. Hmm. Um, you know, if you can't get fresh liquid yeast, mm-hmm. um, do you get you know semi old liquid yeast and make that build up into a starter and repitch that until you've got healthy yeast? Or do you do the same with a dry yeast packet? Right. Do you rehydrate, pitch, you know, build it up, and you know, get good yeast that way? But it's not like you know they're going around the world in eighty days in a balloon or something. It's um, you know the the transit time between like San Diego or Washington and New Zealand is not that long. So you know, by the time it gets to the the, the shops there, it's just mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, I think a lot of it tends to sit in the shops for a long time, um, and I know that there's at least one home brewer that was looking at bringing in, you know, 200 packs at a time and, you know, doing that, and then that, that could be a way to, to do it. Mm-hmm. I think the, the problem is you're just limited on if you want to make a great Belgian or a great, uh, you know, half or something like that, yeah, you're not going to do that with dry yeast. And then on the same at all with the same freshness thing, you have the same thing happening on your extract, especially liquid right. extract. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, if you can get fresh extract, which you, I think you can there, um, you know, Coopers, Austin Coopers, yeah. um, you know, they make they make a excellent extract. Use their you know their pale extract, and uh, you know that's that's pretty pretty close by. Um, you know, and then there's um, there's actually in New Zealand they actually make kits for those uh, a lot of those kits are brewed in uh, New Zealand or, or manufactured in New Zealand those pre you know made wort kits with the, all the specialty grains are made right there so what's the so, bottom line what, what where should he where should he take the you know because uh, it sounds like he wants the least expensive route for one or the other either he saves money on all right. grain by going extract or right. he saves money on depends on the beer you want to depends on the beer you want to make yeah. now all grain can be cheaper than extract mm-hmm. it's just the equipment that people tend to overspend on yeah all you need is buckets and you know all grain can be really cheap and it's a cheaper way than using extract. But assuming he has his his uh, his all grain mm-hmm. equipment, uh-huh. I think I think he's saying batch to batch. What would be dry and and, and liquid? 
So I think it's two things. Okay. Extract or all grain? Yeah. Dry or liquid? Oh, you're still bringing it out that way. Yeah. Okay. Because I think they're two entirely different things. And again, I think, you know, it depends on what you're trying to brew. And the, the, the dry or liquid, that's, you know, you're really limited on what beers you can make with the dry. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're more adventurous than that, then you have to go liquid. And I don't think liquid has to be that expensive. You buy yourself uh, a, a good one. You, you do some basics as far as, you know, making starters. And, you know, you're off and running. And, and your yeast can be as cheap or cheaper than dry yeast. And, you know, your quality will be fantastic. So, uh. yeah. Right. I think you're right there. Yeah. Here's an email that I really enjoy. And we were talking in the top of the show about proper formatting for emails. <laughs> and this guy, you can tell, uh, at least I'd like to imagine that he's, you know, at least some sort of middle management. He's been through middle management training where they train you bottom line up front. How to be in the middle. Yeah. Nice. So this is, this is how his email starts. What do you think? When's the best time to filter a logger? And is there anything occurring after I filter? And then he goes into detail in case we want to read it. Mm. Love it. Love it. Uh Bill Uh Bollinger, you're the best, dude. You're the best ever. I'm confused. What's the question? Well, the question is, (laughs) when's the best time to filter a logger? And then if you want the background information on it, we can. But we don't have to slog through all the, you know, and then the earth cool. It's such a general question. I know, but I love it. It's great. (laughs) Um, So here's the detail. I recently added a new tool to my brewery, a plate filter. Um, in the uh-huh. past, I made some excellent loggers. I usually let them logger for an extended period in the keg, which produces a clean, delicious beer. Uh-huh. When do I filter? Will I be getting any benefit from loggering after I filter the beer? Oh, no. See, that's the good question right there. Yeah. Look, yeah. I didn't say that, that he put the right information in the right spots. <laughs> I like how the email was formatted. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm with you there. And another well, thing. Yeah. The, anyway, the, go the, so, uh, you know, uh, interesting thing about lagering and, and lagering with yeast and yeast activity and all that, you know, once you cool the beer down below 40, um, the yeast pretty much shut down and nothing happens. So, you know, if you truly want to lager with yeast activity, then you need to very slowly lower the temperature, you know, keeping those yeast, you know, somewhat active and you, you never drop below 40 degrees then the yeast actually has some activity. Unfortunately, most people are just like, oh, okay, I'll crash this thing to 32, and then, you know, let it sit, and oh, the yeast are doing something. The yeast aren't doing dick. You know, they're, you know, crashed out and settled and doing nothing. So you're not really gaining anything from the yeast being in there. What happens is, I believe, you get these, uh, you know, physical, uh, you know, per- you know, very fine particulates that drop out. You get, uh, which tends to improve, you know, head retention, things like that. And you may get some chemical, you know, changes of things under, you know, certain conditions and oxidation, things like that. So, you know, you can go ahead and filter. And then if you want to cold condition or, you know, lager over time, just, you know, in the cold, any other remaining particulate matter could fall out at that time. That would be fine. Yeah, and some if, matur- if, maturation of flavors. But if you depend on the yeast, and you're actually going through the trouble of an actual lager with the yeast, then you don't want to filter, right? Right. And, I mean, depending on the size of the filter he's using, you know, probably most of what would settle out was taken out by the filter anyway. If he filters first, then tries to lager. Right. Depending on, yeah, depending on the... Uh, size of the filter. Uh, right, the pore size of the filter, which is, um, you know, uh, yeah, usually you, know, you get the rough those, pads, which I guess really are like seven fines, microns or something. You know, yeah. Um, you know, seven microns is still pretty big. Thank you. Uh, hey, Bruce Strong gang, I have a question regarding oxygenation. My method has been to purge a six and a half gallon glass carboy with oxygen by blasting it into the carboy with a small red can of oxygen that you can buy at Home Depot. I shoot the O2 into the carboy for about 20 seconds. Then my wort goes in, swirling the carboy as it fills. Is this mixing oxygen into the wort? Yes. Um, when all of the wort and yeast are in, I once again shoot some O2 into the headspace before placing an airlock on it. Mm-hmm. Does this sound like a sufficient method of oxygenation? I've applied your wisdom about letting the taste of the finished beer be my guide, and all my beers turn out great. That's weird. 
Um, none of the uh, none of the taste problems that I hear you talk about regarding under or over oxygenation. Mm-hmm. I was just curious to know what the expert minds at Brew Strong thought of my unorthodox method. Thanks for all your brewing help, Mike. What'd you say, Chris? I re- I remember reading a post on uh, I believe it was the Brew Board uh, a couple years ago. A, a guy who got his hands on a DO meter and did some experiments with something like that, except using a mixer. Uh-huh. Uh, just you know, a windy aerator or something like that. They sell mixers at certain homebrew stores, and he did a an experiment where he used the mixer on a carboy that was just had air in the headspace, yeah. and then that's like did, a like a paint stirrer with right. the little flap out paddles. You drop it through and spin it. And so he did that for a minute. Get on the mic, Chris, please. There you and go. he did Perfect. that for a minute, and uh, and it ended up being uh, eight ppm of mm-hmm. oxygen, which right. is a little low. And then he did the same thing for a minute with just flooding the headspace once with pure oxygen. And in the same amount of time, it was 14 ppm. Mm-hmm. And so you really are helping by, by yep. throwing the oxygen yep. in there. Um, and whether or not you're swir- the, the swirling on its own is enough uh, is up, up for debate. But Well, it's one thing that I've always said is, um, you know, people, they have the stones and they bubble the oxygen up through and they go, well, oh, the fine bubbles and all that or... You know, it's all this surface area, and you're, that's where all the oxygen is being uptake. But um, one thing I learned a long time ago in um, aquaculture is that that is not actually introducing a lot of oxygen into the, into the liquid. It's actually that you, when you put your, your flow of bubbles at the bottom of the liquid and it runs up to the top, it actually turns the, the liquid and the surface area of the liquid is actually where most of that transition takes place. So if that headspace is filled with oxygen, you actually can pick up a lot of oxygen through that large surface area. So, uh, you know, it's, you know the, the bubbles help a little bit, but really it's just churning the entire thing and filling that, that headspace with oxygen, I think. You know, uh, like Chris is saying, it's, and especially if... If his beer is not exhibiting any problems, I'd say that's fine. Yeah, it sounds like it's a reasonable method, yeah. doing it before and after. Right. I, I got I got to imagine you're getting, <clears throat> you know, at least some in there. And the thing is, it especially flooding the headspace after, and if you've got good-sized headspace and, uh, you know, the yeast in there, they will keep sucking it out of the, the wort really quick, and it'll keep uh, transitioning from the headspace into the wort. And uh, you know it's a continuous thing for the for the yeast, so so you don't necessarily do well. need a stone. Oh, I don't, I don't or think should so. He, or should he get a stone and try it? And maybe his beer might be better. I I don't I don't know that you'd get any better with a stone. Really, I think again most of it is just that that stirring of the wort. You could probably swirl it with the oxygen in the in the headspace and get more. Yeah, cool. So, and uh, like Chris was saying, the guy just filled the headspace and and stirred it. And got 14 ppm, which is far more than you'd get just bubbling a air stone in there or a oxygen stone in there. Oh, well, there you go. Right. And the guy in New Zealand could take that hint and then uh, not worry about spending money on liquid yeast. You can save it on. The- yeah, I don't know. Well, if you're buying these little orange <laughs> cylinders from Home Depot, that's <laughs> yeah, a that's really true. expensive way. Yeah. Uh, this is from David. He says, One of my brewing buddies recently talked to me about using Teflon tape in their brew kettle. And I started remembering hearing you guys, um, hearing from you guys not to use it when it's in contact with your wort. He looked online and everything says it does not break down until temps of about 500 plus. Uh, I'm assuming that's Fahrenheit. So he sees no reason not to use it. Mm -hmm. So did I make this all up? You made it all up. Is it okay to use Teflon tape in brewing? Yes. If it's not, okay, well then there you go. Well, I don't even remember this. I mean, did we ever say this, John? I don't think so. I think think either... John Herskovitz or John Blickman might have thrown yeah, a caveat out there that PBW breaks down Teflon. So if you right. um, if you're going to be soaking, you know the the well, tape. I, I don't th- I don't think it actually breaks down the Teflon. It can break the bond between a Teflon coated pan oh, and right. the metal. That's right. It can lift it off, but it doesn't actually break down the Teflon. Yeah, that's so, right. that makes more sense. Yeah, you know, uh, wow. yeah, I see no reason not to use Teflon uh, tape in whatever brewing. You, and if I somebody, I mean, somebody could, could taste the difference between 
a beer brewed on a system that used Teflon tape and one that didn't and wow. they were identical otherwise, I'd be I'd be shocked. Well, well you could probably taste the difference but just because there's other differences far more important. Right. Well, and if that person has a palate so dialed in that they could do that. The Teflon. They'd be making... Have you ever put Teflon tape six, in your mouth? It doesn't taste like anything. Six figures at Budweiser. Have you? Of course. <laughs> of course. That's what I use for ball gag. Weird. Right. You want to take a question from the chat and then take a break? No, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll hit the chat room because it's, uh, it's going to be that time. It's break time. Back after this. What does craft beer mean to you? Is it a delicious way to support your town's local brewer? Or perhaps it's the perfect beverage to pair with those delicious devils on horseback. Regardless of whether you're thinking of pints or pairings, pilsners or porters, craftbeer.com is the site where craft beer lovers come together to learn and share. Craftbeer.com is brought to you by the Brewers Association and celebrates the best of American craft beer and its brewers. Craftbeer.com is the best place to find craft beer events, recipes, great feature stories, Stories, the most up-to-date brewery listings, and resources for your next beer tasting or dinner, like style guidelines, pairing mats, and charts. Get the inside scoop on new beer releases and special events from today's craft beer insiders, and chime in to share your own knowledge, perfect pairings, road trips, recipes, and more. Craftbeer.com, celebrating the best of American beer. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and then to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Heller High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now, it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in a can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Hi, this is John from Grain and Grape. We've been supplying brewers in Australia for 21 years, and for all that time we've been working to offer the best service around, including free fortnightly all-grain brewing demos, 90 varieties of malted grain from Belgium, Germany, the US, Britain and Australia, equipment from Browmasters, Kegerators and Crown Urns to the humble brew-in-a-bag bag, heaps of hops, wire yeast liquid and fermenters and Danstar dried yeast cultures, fresh work kits made at Mountain Goat Brewery and on the 200-litre Browmaster right here in the warehouse. We also sponsor and support brewing clubs and comps, the Australian National Home Brewing Conference, Aussie Home Brewer Forum and heaps more. Mostly, though, 100 years of brewing experience means that we can give you the best advice on your next recipe, your new system, or that brewing problem that needs a solution. Mention the Brewing Network next time you order online or by phone for freight free on your next order. Check out grainandgrape.com.au for conditions. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. BN Army, Hop Tech has a great discount waiting for you. Do you often find it difficult to find specific specialty ingredients for your homebrew recipes? Well, listen to this. 
Hop Tech stocks 59 different grains to choose from, 39 varieties of pellet hops, and 8 kinds of whole leaf hops. And Hop Tech not only carries Y yeast and White Labs yeast for you, but also Fermentus, 04, 5, 6, 23, 33, and T58 Belgian yeast, plus Cooper's, Nottingham, and Windsor yeasts. Got your recipe ready to go? Pick up some great brew gear like new long and short sleeve shirts, games, and more. Hop Tech's new website is being updated every day with new items. If you don't see it, call the shop. They're open six days a week. BN Army and AHA members get a 10% discount, and active military personnel get 15% off. Visit hoptech.com today for great selection, great service, and a great discount. Hoptech.com. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. Uh, hey, Warren, have you uh, done any of the BJCP exam stuff? Test? Test, yeah. No. I'm afraid to have to judge beers that I don't like. <laughs> I mean, all homebrew is great. You get over that real quick. Yeah. yeah. Even the infected ones. You've been hanging out yeah. with me too long, Warren. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Well, if you, if you did... And I tell you, the, yeah. the great thing about it is it really helps you, you know, focus on the elements of beer and, you know, the flavors that you're tasting and, you know, what makes a great beer and all that. And I found it invaluable in, in my education as a brewer. And uh, if you're interested, there's a, a great new way of learning about uh, craft beer and brewing for the BJCP exam. It's a great, fun, new way. Uh, to help prepare you to score well in the Beer Judge Certification Program exam. Uh, they guarantee satisfaction. If you don't like the course by the end of the second session, they'll give you a full refund. And they'll guarantee a success. If you don't pass with 60% or better, and that's what gets you to the, the recognized level, then you can take the course free of charge uh, or retake it for free of charge. So they what they do is these live webinars. It's not canned. It's actually interactive. You're listening to a live instructor. You're, there's other students in there. You can talk. You can ask questions. You can use a live chat. They, they limit the groups to 24 people. So you want some people in there to help, you know, ask those questions that you haven't thought of or ask those questions you maybe you're too shy to ask. And it's like, oh, that sounds really stupid if I ask this question. And then... Yeah, somebody else asks it for you. Go, oh, I'm glad they asked that. And then the rest of the group is going, God, that was real tough. <laughs> no. I don't know. Yeah. No, no, no. Uh, these these folks are actual instructors. They, they've got instructional experience. So it's not just like, you know, another beer geek trying to teach you about the BJCP exam, which right. really doesn't work out that well. Yeah, it's not some guy in his in his kitchen. Right, or somebody in his, he he knows in his studio trying to tell you about BJCP exam. Right. Yeah. Um, so uh, you know it's a it's a great way to to go about it. Uh, you know I personally haven't tried it, but it sounds really intriguing to me. I I did uh, you know a lot of my work in software in uh, instructional development, so I think it's a, a good way to go. I think it could have uh, quite a bit of potential, and you got nothing to lose if you give it a try. You know, give it a try. Uh, you can find them at um, Better Beer Scores. There's a new uh, oh, website, actually. They've changed their website. Or craftbeeru.com. Craftbeeru.com. The letter U. The letter U. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot easier craft to... Craftbeerletteru.com. It's a lot easier to type in. It's, um, I think mm-hmm. it's a better better website. Right. And, uh, you know, check it out and give it a try. If uh, you don't like it by the end of that second session, you go ahead and ask for a full refund. Uh, uh, you know, don't, don't pay for something you don't like, but uh, I think it's worth giving it a shot. If you're interested, uh, like I said... It uh, doing the whole BJCP thing helped me uh, become a much better brewer, so uh, I think it's worthwhile if you get a chance. All right, I do too. I think um, just to belabor the point, um, you know, once you learn to judge beer and you know start uh, you know working some competition and judging with other judges, I mean that's when you you know you learn um uh, you know beyond you know what you can taste you know somebody else at the table will say well i'm getting i'm getting some phenol here or i'm getting some dms 
and then you take another sniff or something and you say okay now i'm beginning to get that too and uh you can you know, say learn you're more about shit. the styles you really don't know what you're saying <laughs> that's usually what i say <laughs> yeah is but that not mean, appropriate? A, a competition is is very ba- va- very valuable experience uh as a for for you as a brewer as jamil says um so I encourage, I encourage all you know brewers who you know like to brew good beer, you know want to brew good beer to get involved in BJCP as well, because it's a great learning experience. I agree. All right, all right. How about that question from the chat? Sounds good. From Ellis, Texas, says, "Hey JP, I'm waiting on John's water book to come out, but until then, ah. I'd, I'd like to know." <laughs> as he laughs, <laughs> are we all? Ah, I'm waiting for that piece of shit too. Uh, but then I'd like to know what effects uh, bicarbonate have on a beer, both during the mash and in the finished beer. I've read plenty on calcium, sulfate, and chloride, but not much detail on bicarbonate. So okay. uh, until your book comes in, John, could you please, um, you know, Elucidate. calm our hunger for more water information? All righty. My favorite subject. <clears throat> well, bicarbonate is a form of alkalinity. And alkalinity of itself does not have a, a flavor per se, as opposed to, say, sulfate. Um, but what it does do is it really impacts the beer chemistry uh, and the mash chemistry. So uh, what you need to do if you're thinking about um, bicarbonate is you need to think of the total alkalinity of the system. Um, you know, what is, what is the total alkalinity of your water? What is the residual alkalinity of your water? Um, you know, and then if you're making salt additions to your mash, um, to understand what the impact of those additions are on the alkalinity, and uh, really you, you need to go look at um, chapter 15 of my book to get a you know a good basic description of this. Um, the new water book that'll be coming out in 2013 now. Um, is going to you know talk about it in more detail. But, or the uh, five water Ganza shows we did. Yes, in those we we talked about it a lot there. Um, the I guess <coughs> to to summarize, I mean, your the bicarbonate doesn't really have a flavor of its own, but it's it is alkalinity, and what it does is it moves the pH higher, so that your mash your mash pH goes higher towards six. Um, you in certain cases you will start extracting more tannins and more silicates and get a drier more stringent character out of the beer um and then that character can be translated to the final beer you know after fermentation um so that that is the effect of bicarbonate hopefully that'll help but uh, you know read up on chapter 15 and check out our water ganza shows and that'll uh, help illustrate the differences but more importantly when's your book uh, arriving well it got pushed back in the queue um now it's not going to be published till i believe fall 2013 maybe spring but 2013 sometime all right well i tell you what spring of 2013 is going to be the best spring in my life because <laughs> i'm going to get another book <laughs> that's not saying much i'm going to get another book that i won't read ah good. um <laughs> good just because i don't like reading i can't read Do you know how if no that's the problem if mm-hmm. Palmer, can I make a suggestion before I move on to Aaron's question? Should all in the be chat? in pictures. Please no. do. Audiobook. Pictures of cats. Audiobook. Oh. Yeah. Oh, audiobook. Totally, right? Yeah. Especially yeah. if you read it. I mean, pictures of cats explaining water. Oh, that would be cute <laughs> as hell. I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, Aaron, Western New York, who's probably somewhere on the East Coast. Uh, simple question. I entered a fruit beer in a competition today. Raspberries in secondary of a Belgian strong. Um. It wasn't sweet enough for a triple, but not a golden strong either. So under fruit beer, it asks for the base beer. Am I going to get dinged for entering it as a Belgian strong beer instead of specifying triple or golden strong? What do you think of that? As what do you a, think of that as question? A, as a what? He, he entered as a Belgian strong? Um, that was the, the base beer that he that he listed, yeah, instead of putting it as a triple or a golden strong. Yeah, that'll be fine. You know, well, you know, some judge may, you know. Take it apart for that. You know, it would be hard to be best of show under those conditions. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it should be good enough to, you know, at least place, you know, if that's the case. Um, okay. Well, that's good. Yeah, I agree. 
you will never get best of show with that one. <laughs> uh, Lunatic1976 in the chat says, Hey, Bruce Strongers, I have a stainless steel question. I would like to clean my kegels. What should I use? Maybe it's Kegels. I don't know. Um, what should I use? Just a good old-fashioned elbow grease, or is there an easier way? PBW. PBW. Yeah. I would, it'd be nice if he said exactly what he was trying to clean. Um, and yeah, what is it, the soil mm-hmm. that he is trying to clean? <laughs> Burnt up blood. <laughs> yeah, a little, little cranial scarring. Um <laughs> But yeah, if it's just if it's just normal, you know, uh, brewing gunk left over after the boil, then um, or several boils is the case maybe, um, then I would just say PBW. If he's got heat tint or you know discoloration of the stainless, um, then I would say to use a cleanser, you know, stainless steel kitchen cleanser like Barkeeper's Friend or Clean King or Revereware or whatever, something like that. Um, and a little you know, uh, scrubbing power to it. Yeah, and some elbow grease and scrubby. Um, yeah, I, I had heat taint, uh, and I and I tried using Barkeeper's Friend on it, and it just scratched my skin up really bad. You have a, a, a hot taint. Yeah, yeah. A heat taint. Yeah, did you yeah. did you use a scrubby or just your fingers? <laughs> I think scrubby it, well, and the, the I think the using his fingers oh. is what led yeah. to the heat taint yeah. the friction. Uh, build up. <laughs> I think it was a cat tongue. Yeah. Well, you know, I, Jamil, you've got very delicate skin, so you, you <laughs> use some rubber gloves. Like That's like true. the flowers of the lotus. Yes. Yeah. Skin and disposition. Lotus blossom. They're very, yes. very soft hands, yes. as I remember. So, yeah, use some rubber gloves when you when you scour, and uh, yeah. should have another problem. All right. This is from Chris in PA. He says, uh, <laughs> this email may contain confidential health information. Oh, wait, no, that's the writer at the bottom. Um, hey guys, just wanted to share some exciting news for me and offer a thanks to the BN for your part. I took Jay-Z up on the challenge to enter a competition to get judges feedback and entered my first BJCP regional competition. I entered a clone of a Deschutes Obsidian Stout. The only problem is that I bought my grain from a new supplier and overshot my efficiency by a long shot. Instead of a 6.4, came in at about an 8.6 ABV. It was definitely the best beer I have ever made and probably the second best stout I've ever tasted. So I entered this in the Imperial Stout category, took a second place out of 22 entries for the category. First place winner also took best of show. Oh, excuse me. The first place winner also took second in best of show and is eligible for the GABF Pro-Am Comp. So I didn't feel too bad about coming in right behind him. I <laughs> uh, just <laughs> wanted to say thanks for all you guys are doing and helping all of us listeners become better brewers. Brew strong, Chris and PA. All right. I well, on that, that nice positive email. message, let's uh, let's take a short break, and when we come back, we'll we'll wrap it up with uh, maybe one more question after this. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman from the top tier. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. Oh no, the liquor store has been ransacked. You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... 
No, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you $7.99 Brew Saver shipping, massive selection, and superior customer service comes the home brewer. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeasts, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego's Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the Home Brewed Chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. Back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys. Brew strong. And I'll tell you this, I was a Boy Scout, so I know about Boy Scout uh, activities. And so I'll tell I. you, and, and one of the models, be prepared. And, <laughs> and how are you going to be prepared? Always wear a scarf. <laughs> <laughs> no, be, you want to be prepared? Get yourself over to adamandeve.com. Ah, always wear you know? a scarf. Always wear a scarf. It's the same thing. Right. You can knot it up. Neckerchief is what right. we call them oh. back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> We should do the Scout Oath right now. The Scout Oath, which is, fellas and gals, you're looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Yes. Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? In the tent? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And when you do, you're going to select uh, your one item of 50%. You will get three free adult DVDs. <laughs> And you can get a free extra gift so essential, can't mention on the radio. Top it all off, they'll throw in free shipping on your entire order. So it's a great deal. A great sponsor of ours. Been been hanging around with us for, for quite a while now. Go to adamandeve.com today. You're going to use the special code JAMIL, J-A-M-I-L. And when you do, you're going to get 50% off of just about any item on there. You get three free DVDs pretty much of your choosing. And you get a free extra gift and free shipping. So you buy one thing at half off, and you get all this other free stuff thrown in. Just use the offer code J-A-M-I-L at adamandeve.com. You can check out their mobile site, m.adamandeve.com, as well, for your, your mobile sexual toy needs. Right. Yeah. 
check them out. Good stuff. All right. Let's uh, wrap this up with uh, maybe one more question. Um, okay. Here we go. Bucket fermenter question. This is from Ron. It says, uh, Jamil and John, you often say to replace your buckets frequently if that's what we like to use for fermentation. Mm-hmm. I know this relates to cleanliness and possible infection, uh, but it is... Uh, but is it a certain number of brews we need to watch uh, to replace them or over a certain amount of time? Is there a rule of thumb for replacing these? Also, how does using a bucket differ from, say, a better bottle? Do the better bottles need to be replaced as well? Mm-hmm. Rule of thumb would be um, if you see any visible scratches or, you know, once a brew season. Um, once, once a year, annually. Yeah, right, once a year. Um, if you, what makes the difference if, if you keep your hands out of that and you keep, uh, you know, if, if you're scrubbing it and you're jabbing racking canes into it and you're, you know, rubbing your hands around in there or other rough things inside there, that's going to generate more scratches and you need to replace it sooner. If you never touch the inside of it, like a better bottle, you, you know, if you don't stick a brush down in there and scrub it. The better bottle, the inside surface remains pretty pristine. You're going to clean that using chemical methods, and the only other thing they recommend is like a soft washcloth you might drop in there and swirl around every once in a while. So the inner liner of that is not going to get scratches, and if it's not mechanically scratched, um, it shouldn't break down unless you let it rot with highly acidic uh, material in there. So I think it would be good. You got anything to add to that, John? No, that sounds reasonable. Have you ever uh, actually uh, swabbed a scratched bucket that you've cleaned and sanitized to actually test the uh, validity of the fact that you can't clean a scratched plastic bucket? Because I've always been curious about that. I've, I've seen, Good I've question. read some people who have bucket, who've had buckets for twenty years and scratched mm-hmm. all to hell in the in the mm-hmm. in the on the inside, and they still use it, and they say that it's caused them no issues. Uh, you know that's valid whether or not they notice uh-huh. it or not but right. i'm just curious you know i know jamel you're big on n- trying not to let just something mm-hmm. that you know maybe somebody you just keep repeating because you heard from somewhere else right so right. i'm curious if you've ever actually swabbed uh and plated a, um, a bucket that had a scratch on it no I, I, the reason I, I think that's a great question is because um i haven't and yeah i'm, I'm, I'm totally on that where you know, we were talking about that earlier today in the brewery it's like well you know, people say that. It's like, why is it true? You know, who knows? Uh, I bet you somebody is just repeating that supposed fact, and, you know, it may not be true. Uh, I would imagine that generally you could clean, you know, if the scratches are real small, you could probably clean them. You use hot enough, you know, um, uh, you know, cleaning chemicals and, and strong enough sanitizers, you might do okay. But the thing that um, uh, is interesting on plastics, you know, even in the uh, in the in the uh, restaurant business, when plastic plates or anything is used, if it's got any sort of cracks or anything like that, it has to be thrown away because it harbors bacteria. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm assuming that, you know, a lot of that comes from some sort of testing because they don't make restaurateurs throw away things without any sort of, you know, uh, you know, like glass can be actually can have a certain amount of chips in them. It's no big deal. Um, But plastic, any 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 cracks, then, uh, of course, that's cracks, which, uh, you know, again, that's a deeper, deeper uh, kind of scratch. And I think, you know, it's just so cheap to, to be careful. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a good question. I think I think you can probably get away with it quite a bit more than we're saying. But I think if you see visible cracks, I think, you know, fine line cracks or scratches that you really can't see, I think those can harbor bacteria, but are not nearly as big a deal as, you know, if you see visual gouges in the thing, um, again, I, that I'd be much more cautious of. It's been my experience that uh, my family will take one of my clean buckets and use it to wash the cars, use it to carry dirt, and so I end up replacing all my buckets every year or just about anyway. (laughs) Well, you know, you got to carry dirt. Yeah. Planting Mm -hmm. soil and stuff. Litter box. 
But I would imagine if I was to do a sour beer in a bucket with some scratches in it, and then, you know, just generally clean it and sanitize reuse it. it yeah. I, I, I would not be surprised if I couldn't culture something out of there. You know, yeah. it might take some work, but I bet you you could uh, you could grow something out of there. Mm-hmm. What is work? Because especially you know, brat and bacteria, and you know, they tend to be pretty tenacious, and they form uh, um, you know coatings over themselves. You know, they get down in these little nooks and crannies, and that's where they, they form exist. spores. Yeah, sporulate. Mm-hmm. All right, but it's a good question. Sporulate, pretty and, good and, word, and good good comment, Chris. Yeah, I would. That'd be a good word with you know, friends. Word. I would think, um, you know, if you're, if you really want to push it, uh, you know, go without it. But uh, you know, if it means the world to you, not to replace the bucket, <laughs> go for it. But I would, I would replace it every year. That'd just be me. Well, you are you. That's right. Who else would be? And you I pro- you probably you? didn't replace all my buckets every year either. Well, no, probably over two years, maybe. I don't know. It just depends. But then I didn't really scratch it up a whole lot. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I believe you. I don't. That's why Gentle I love you, like John. a lotus. That's why, that's why I hate Chris. That's right. <laughs> oh, Gentle like a lotus. Like the <laughs> petals of the lotus flower. Sounds like Warren's getting a promo. <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you too, gentle listener. Uh, <laughs> get yourself on over to thebrewingnetwork.com. Check out the store there. There's a lot of goodies in there that... Uh, when you buy those things, they help uh, support the Brewing Network. Yeah. Her, sh- 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 hats, shirts, glassware, books, all sorts of goodies in there. And, uh, you know, you find that stuff and, and it'll uh, help us out and check out our, our great sponsors as well. Till then, uh, you know, keep brewing, brew often, and uh, brew strong. Keep reaching for the stars. <laughs> That's 